Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. This is your host, Jim Ventura. If it's your first time uh, tuning into our show, I am a, uh, a professional, what I call navigational consultant, also an author, and obviously a radio show host. Uh, I work with astrology, numerology, all kinds of good things. If you want any information about uh, any of my books or services that I do, all you got to do is go to jimventura.com, get some information there. And uh, But today is actually our interview show, so we've actually got a full one-hour show ahead of us. Um, and I'm going to introduce my guest here shortly in just a moment. Uh, we've got an hour show today, and uh, I'll talk to you a bit about my, my guest. Um, I can already see I've got some callers kind of lining up. Um, I'm going to talk for about 20 minutes, a half hour to the guest before I begin to take phone calls. Uh, so we can get everyone to get introduced to who we're, we're working with today, but we will get definitely get to the phone calls, and I will take all the phone calls in order as they've come in. So if you're if you're patient enough to hang for a while, uh, we'll we'll try to get to every phone call so you can talk directly to my guest today. Also, would like to say please um, steer your your questions primarily to my guest today as opposed to me. Um, this is this is my guest show, and I always have a show that I do every month too, where you can ask me questions. So, let's uh, reserve our questions for our guest today. Anyway, so my guest is Victoria Glad, and I think there is a possibility that I'm massacring her name, but uh, we'll have to find that out when I introduce her. Uh, Victoria is a uh, a uh, she she speaks to animals, uh, and uh, she's going to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, Victoria, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jim. And this your, your is one right? of my great passions. I do other things also, but I love working with the animals. And they have a wisdom to share that is beyond what most people probably realize. So right. I am I'm just delighted to be here and sharing that with everyone who's tuning in today. Good, good. All right, so let, let's talk a little bit about how you got started. I mean, it's one of the things I always... Do like to talk about with guests because I think every person who who develops intuitive abilities and 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 works with them professionally, of course, always has a unique and different story to how this all kind of came about. So came about. So why don't we uh, kind of dive right in and 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 see? You know, ask you how did you you know how did you realize you had this ability or gift? What was your what was your introduction to this? Well, that's an interesting question. And my story is not like all of the stories that you will hear from animal communicators. I didn't necessarily know that I had a gift to connect. What was happening in my life is I was so dissatisfied with my work, and there was no passion. And so I was actually conversing with the universe and asking the question, what am I here to do? What's my purpose? What's going to bring me joy? And there's such serendipity involved in this answer. What happened was I had a very profound experience with a dying animal, and it was a wild animal. And it was presented to me through what appeared to be a homeless man, I can tell you right now, because of the timing and the circumstances, that he was not a homeless man. But he met me right there as I was walking out of my office late, downtown Phoenix, and he says, I've got an injured bird. I'm a bird lover. And so say no more. And I spent a lot of time trying to find out where I could take this bird. And in the meantime, it's seizing and dying, and I get it somewhere. And I later find out that it had been poisoned. So that really pulled at my heartstrings. Any kind of abuse towards animals really pulls at my heartstrings. It does with children. It does with anybody. But there's a special thing with the animals. And not long after that, a email came through my desk. And it was about an animal communicator in California. And she has an interesting background. Her name is Carol Gurney, and she had an advertising business. She was not an animal communicator. She wasn't really born with that ability. And I began going over to California to study with her. 
And this is the message I want to share with the audience. You may not feel that you're intuitive. You may not feel that you have, I'm going to use the word, psychic abilities, although I believe we all have them, and they can be uh, nurtured. And a lot of us probably have them as children and got messages from adults that, you know, you're not really hearing and seeing that, and they just stopped tuning in. Right. But the message that Carol gave, and this is the message I want to share, and I do this when I teach my classes, is that anyone with a desire to learn can learn it. And I was amazed how quickly and easily it came for me. And then it was a matter of practice, practice, practice. I worked in an office with a lot of people, so I practiced on their animals. And then, of course, there were the handful that would roll their eyes. (laughs) You're doing what? (laughs) But that's how it is when you tap into the intuitive world. You know, not all of the world is in that place. But that's basically how I got started. So it was Hmm. a beautiful gift presented to me. And when I read Carol's website, it was like, this is what I want to do. Because I had a counseling background, I thought, oh, this is just like counseling. I just talk to the client, and we find out what's going on. Right. That, in essence, is how I got started. And that was probably, you know, I don't track time well, but I would say probably a decade ago or so. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, do you do you, can I ask you? Do you have a an office you work out of? Do you work out of your home? I know you're here in Phoenix, also. Yes, I work out of my home. I've done classes at various, well, out of my home, and also at some of the metaphysical stores. But one of the things you may have noticed, uh, Jim, is that a number of the stores I would go and do psychic fairs. A number of stores around the valley have closed since I right. was first doing this yeah and so i'm actually going to get ready to roll into a monthly event that is hosted at storm wisdom which is right at shea in the 51 the beautiful right. metaphysical store yeah and um i get a lot of referrals i get Sometimes people are just browsing, they see my website, and I get, it's gotten to the point where when people say, oh, so-and-so referred me, I don't even know who they are anymore. Because I may have just met them once, like at a psychic, right, right. done a mini reading, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, just, it's just a delight. And I have some of my favorite areas that I love to work in, but they're all... Wonderful, and I continue to learn. I continue to learn a lot, and I've studied with other communicators and read a lot of their books. And it's a learning process. And they teach. That is right. It's always a process of learning. I know. You know, for me, I I started. I dove into metaphysics very young, um, like like sixteen or seventeen. So I've actually been at it for like thirty years. And it's funny because I run across people that sometimes are, like even in the field who are sometimes a little in awe, only because I just have so much <laughs> knowledge. I was, my joke is I would say I'm like a, a freaking walking encyclopedia. I just have <laughs> so many areas of knowledge that I just have in, in these subjects. But what I always say the same thing is you learn from everyone all of the time. There's always there's always more learning. I mean, I'm sort of blown away at 47 at how much I know in this area, but I think about what I'd be like in my 90s, and it's a little scary in a positive <laughs> way. I'm going to be like, wow. So I, I do think we, we always learn. So you bring up a really valuable point. Um, let me. We got a lot of people popping into the the chat room. Hey guys, I'm gonna um, open up the phone lines in about 15, 20 minutes, so you can call in and ask questions directly of Victoria. I'm talking to uh, Victoria Glad today, who one of her areas of expertise is 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 pet communication and and talking to animals, among other gifts and abilities. So I'm gonna continue on with my interview for a little bit longer here, and then we're gonna kind of give you guys a chance to to ask um, Victoria some questions or call in with comments, a couple of things she's already brought up that I definitely want to 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 tap into. 
and then we'll talk a little bit about the process itself in, in how you actually do this. Um, we definitely have a commonality, Victoria, because I'm the same way. I, I really kind of am. I, I was always an animal person as a child. We always had dogs and we had cats. And In fact, even as a writer, I, I, one of my first writing pieces was how I used to feed squirrels by hand as a child. Um, and they'd come up to me and take the peanuts or the nuts that I had out of my hand. And then when I was about five or six, someone told me that I shouldn't do that because they have rabies and they'll bite me. And then I, then I became afraid of wild animals. But up until I was about five or six, I could even tame wild animals in a way oh, like I, I had no fear of that. In fact, for the most part, I still kind of don't. Um, but I also, in, in total synchronicity about that too, I, I'm definitely, when it comes to anybody abusing animals and children, that's where I, I get very protective in that sense because I think that when you're dealing with, with, with children, as, and, and, and even especially animals too, you're dealing with pure love. Absolutely. Especially, and to abuse that is sort of the ultimate sin, so to speak, in that sense. You, you, you deal. I mean, you know, I, I always, every dog, my joke is my, my family were kind of an animal family. In fact, Victoria actually worked with my little sister who recently lost a pet. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later on. And uh, my joke is I would say there's actually sort of a waiting line in proverbial animal heaven where the animals are waiting to get into the Ventura family if they possibly can, you know, because, I mean, they get treated like they're children for life in that sense. So in total agreement with you about that um, and, and that, that sensitivity and, and being able to, to, uh, to, to connect with that in that way. Um, the other thing I want to comment on real quick, and I want to get your opinion on this also, too, is that you brought up a great point, too, about how everyone has intuitive abilities, and it's really just a matter of whether you're willing to work on them. Exactly. Uh, some of us have maybe more inclination than others, but Victoria's absolutely right. We all have these abilities. Um, they, they exist. It's just whether it's going to be your passion in life and, and even potentially a career or just a side thing that you do or that you just use it in your everyday to day life. But I always use that same analogy. I mean, if you really, really want to play the piano, even if you have no musical ear and you're musically retarded and you commit to a piano teacher for five years, I bet you're going to get pretty good. <laughs> I agree with that. Purely first appearance. Right. Probably going to get good at it. You know, uh, so anyway, um, I think that that's a, an important point to bring up. Um, anyway, I want to, I'm, I'm talking away here, and I want to give Victoria some time to talk. This is what you have to deal with when you deal with Sagittarius, is we're, we're big mouths. But uh, I want to push my way in on this, too, because I want to get, uh, ask Victoria, you know, when you communicate, let's, talk, let's see if we can explain that a little bit to the audience. How does that work for you in that sense when you, when you when you talk to to animals, what, do you get it through messages? Do you hear? I mean, what's your the clairaudience, clairvoyance? What is what is that process like for you? Okay, very good question, and I and I love talking about this. I occasionally will just be walking along and I'll hear a message, but primarily I'm tuning in because a client is having an issue with an animal and wants me to connect with them. So when I'm in that mode, I always begin, and I actually do this by the way I was taught when I initially studied. I begin by introducing myself to the animal. I tell them I'm an animal communicator. And I say to them that their person has asked me to talk to them. Is this a good time? Excuse me. Once in a great while, there's nothing there. Let us say you have a lost animal who's really in fear, and they're too scared to connect, or perhaps they're just really distracted. So on rare occasions, nothing comes through. That hardly ever happens to me. But just know that that doesn't mean, oh, there's something wrong here, I can't connect. You just go back at a later time. That has happened to me less than a handful of times, but it is a possibility. What I will tell you is that they are so delighted that their person wants, that they're important enough and loved enough that their person wants me to connect with them 
and work with them. So very often, they're extremely open, and what I love is their personalities come through. Some of them are very stoic. Some of them are very tight-lipped, like people, and some of them have so much to say. Some of them go on and on, and they have me laughing in my seat because their personalities come through. But what I love is the wisdom they share. So I make that heart-to-heart connection, beginning with an introduction, you know, setting the intention, uh, putting out the spirit that there is no interference, that it's all clear and accurate information, and that kind of thing. Sometimes I will also, and I don't know if all the listeners are familiar with the chakra system and the third eye, which is the intuitive center, energy center, but... Sometimes I'll go straight from my third eye to their third eye or from my heart to their heart because it is a heart-to-heart connection. And we begin, and I get information, a lot of dialogue, a lot of images, particularly images when I'm trying to get the past story. You know, let's say you adopt an animal at a shelter. So many of those poor little ones have abuse histories, have abandonment issues. And they have a story to tell. And when I get those messages, almost exclusively, they flash it like a movie screen, and I see the whole story within seconds. I also feel their feelings. So I may feel their sadness, their anxiety, their fear, or I might even get a stomach ache, something like that. And I have what is often called clear cognizance where it's just unknowing and it all comes through together and I get so much information sometimes I get information about the person and I don't know if those are my intuitive abilities or the animals actually telling me that right so I might say you know vital things that would be really good for you to take that class <laughs> I don't know if right. vital told me that or if that is just coming in you know, so I get a lot of that, and I get that with people sometimes too. Well, and I, I think that makes sense because you know, again, it, even where the word familiar comes from, um, you know, animals to me, especially with pets, are often sort of protectors yes. at, at multiple levels. So they're looking out for the best interests of their owner. As, well, I you hate to use the word owner, you know, because especially with cats, it's more like your roommate. Necessary, right, necessary they let you order. live with them. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly, right. You, could, you, you have to look at them and let angle. me live with them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's the case. So, uh, anyway, so uh, I don't want to cut off your thought there. But, Jim, you'll notice how I always use the term their person, and that was the way I was trained. So I never referred to them as your owner, because right. we don't own our animals, nor do we own our children. You know, we're their caretakers. They're probably chose us, and they're there to teach us lessons, to help us along, and oftentimes to mirror us so that we can learn aspects of ourselves by watching them. And that's one of my favorite things. I have three animals living with me now. I have one that crossed a few months back, and each one has a totally different personality, and each one is an aspect of my personality. And each one is often trying to teach me something. So So they're just beautiful creatures trying to help us, and it's that unconditional love and this pure innocence. And you you mentioned that with the children and the animals. Yeah, in fact, of course, as you're in the last five minutes since we started the interview, my cat is coming into the office and rubbing up against me compulsively. Um, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What a shocker! You know, I noticed that with clients. um, I have certain clients that are animal lovers or uh, animal lovers and animal people, where they work with animals in different capacity, and it's very rare that she won't come in to say hello to them when uh, they're here. In fact, they're often a little insulted. They're like, where is Chi-Chi? 
you know, uh, because that's her. She, but she's very funny also, too, because you're absolutely right about the personality characteristics, because I just have one pet now, um, but we, we, and, and she definitely chose me. That's not even a debate. Um, and uh, it's funny because she's a lot like me. Um, she's very, very um, lovable and very, very funny and very, very affectionate on her terms. Yeah. Um, but she's very much on her terms. There's times when she's not interested and just leave me the hell alone, you know. And and uh, that's I'm the exact same way. <laughs> Some people, you know, I'll do that. Sometimes people are like I can't believe how friendly you are, and all this. And other times it's like, all right, I don't want to. I don't want to chat right now. I just want to kind of be left on my own. So it's funny because you're absolutely right. I see that all the time that they they reflect back characteristics that are are parts of us. And 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 I want to go into a, a definitely launch into this subject before we open the phone lines up in the next ten minutes. But and I want your your point and perspective on this because I often I, I often when I work with clients and and they, they've got issues with their pets, I'm not really working the way Victoria's where I'm necessarily um, communicating that directly. Although sometimes I'm able to do that. But what I have, I've have found and that sometimes is a little bit uncomfortable to explain to clients is a lot of times when animals have some type of an illness or a difficulty, they're often taking it on at some level for their, um, again, I hate to use the word owner, for their, in the partnership. Yes. In that way. Um, That's absolutely where, true. Was that? That's absolutely true. Yeah, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that, because I know it, it, it I, I, always, I always think to myself, one of the reasons I always want to maintain a healthy body, consciousness, mind, and spirit is because I don't want to screw up my animals. Either. That I don't want to make them sick. So I have to fix my own crap here. Otherwise, I know in a heartbeat she'll take it on. And I don't want to deal with that either. So your thoughts on that? Absolutely. They do take on things for us. They are healers sometimes. And the thing that is so important to get about this, oh, I really want everybody to hear this, don't take on any guilt about that. Right. Animals are energy sponges. So if there's emotional discord in the home, they're going to take it on. They're going to, they might possibly act out just like little children do when parents are fighting and getting ready to go through a divorce and you see the children acting out in school. Animals take on everything. When I was going through some physical issues and one of my birds got really sick, she was presenting with some of the same issues it was with my liver as i was and we didn't have the same thing going on but she had some liver stuff going on right and i had a wonderful vet that was into natural things and i'm giving her um it's that wonderful herb milk thistle for her liver mm-hmm. and she's doing just fine now one day i said to my one of my cats he's my little stinker cat uh, his antics make me laugh He's kind of reminds me of what you said about your cat because I want to play when I'm ready to play, but Sunshine wants to play when he wants to play. Right, so right. I need to learn to be more flexible because when I want to play with him, he'll just snub his nose up. It's like, no, I wanted to play before, not right. now. But I want to tell you one of the most fascinating cases I have ever worked with. I met this gal at a full moon labyrinth walk. And we took an instant liking to each other, and for some reason we started talking about her horse. She and her horse both have Lyme's disease. And Lyme's disease can be very, very serious. Yeah. And cause a lot of problems. One night I'm, I'm driving in my car, and it's probably 8.30 or 9, and she calls me. And she's down at the stable, and she said, there's something really wrong with my horse. And I connected with her horse. And one of the things her horse said to me is, we're having a dark night of the soul here. And what I will tell you is that when I repeated that to the girl, she said, that's exactly what I told him because they were both doing really poorly with their health. Now, that animal, all of a sudden she said, I need to hang up because he's just backing up and acting wild and and things aren't going well. 
Well, within minutes, he died. And as he died, her Lyme disease got better. Now, did she feel guilty about that? Animals come in sometimes specifically to do that. Right. They, You know, they're like us. Our souls come in with an agenda. We choose our parents. We choose our family. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've said to the universe, Not so much lately, but I didn't really pick this family, did I? (laughs) Right. But we do, and animals pick us, just like you said. And And they choose us, and they have reasons to help us. Right. That's a great story, and and it also brings up another point, which I think is an awesome thing to to, to reiterate, but about not feeling the guilt. Because I I would look at it this way, too. You know, again, you want to be healthy, you don't want to get your animal sick, but if that does occur and they take that on, and even if they pass, to me, my analogy would be this. You know, if an, say a dog, you know, comes into your life and it and lives for six years and it passes. Six years, say it gets an illness and it, and it passes and dies. Six years in a loving family with that loves it and takes care of it and, and, and is part of that family is, is going to be a million times better than 15, a 15-year 15 lifespan in misery and abuse and mistreatment. Absolutely. So, I mean, it is, it's all relative, you know, because we, our lifespans are, are so much longer that we, of course, you know, we, we, you know, it's such a suffering. I mean, my, my cat's probably 10 years old now. I don't even want to conceivably think about her passing, you know, because I, I love her so much, you know what I mean? And I mean, no way. But I know... I, some year, some a few years back, I had lost a cat, and I had said that too. And, and he had died. It was old age, largely, and mm-hmm. I had said that. It was really kind of interesting because it was a really painful experience to lose him, but yet it was also beautiful. It was, you know, I, I was with him when he passed, and um, it was a really, it was a magical event. It was a shitty. Magical event <laughs> at the same time, you know what I mean? Because you're losing this family member that you love so dearly. But again, another part of you, you know, you're reflecting back on all that joy and all that happiness and, and again, realizing that that was the blessing, that they were there. You know, n- n- nothing in this world is, is forever. Exactly. And, you know, what I want to share with you, and I'm in the process of having a whole new website we built and adding fresh writing and articles. But one of the, a couple of my articles are around the end-of-life transition, which is an extremely painful time for people, especially when there's a question about euthanasia. I don't want to do it too soon. I don't want to wait too long. And I have another article, and again, these aren't up yet. The website is being built and it's going to be a website that I've fallen in love with. That's the kind I wanted. And it's how animals view death. You see, and how they view death is so different than how a lot of Westerners in Western culture view death because they are so happy. They understand the cycle of life, and the cycle of life includes the death of the physical body, Right. It includes going back to the spiritual realms, and it includes, and I don't know how all your listeners feel about reincarnation, but I have had so many animals share with me about their past lives, yeah. and, and I don't think they ever bring it up if they know it's going to be a problem for the person. Right. They used to always say, well, I don't know if you believe in this, I don't know if I should tell you this. And if their animal shares that, guaranteed it's never been an issue for them. And I have people come to me just because they want to know what that connection is because they're fascinated. Right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think human beings reincarnate. I think animals reincarnate. I think that, I mean, of course, my I always use that analogy of reincarnation of think of it more this way. You know, it's like... Your higher self, and the same thing for the animal, would be like the trunk of a tree and all the branches of the different lives. And you're, you're all connected to the larger trunk. So but one, uh, one, one side of the tree may not even know about the existence of some of the branches on its other side. You know, that's, you know, so that's my little analogy for that. <laughs> um, I love so that. I, 
Yeah, because I, I absolutely agree. I think animals reincarnate, too. I think that that's part of the, our cycles. Um, okay, I want to take this first phone call because they've been waiting a long time, so I'm going to finally get my first caller here. And then um, in the chat room, I've got a question from Tammy Hisataki Bumgardner. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Good to see you. Tammy is a, uh, a friend of mine for many years. And then I have my good friend Demi Fox here and a few other guests in the chat room, too. But I want to take this caller because they have been unbelievably patient and waiting for about 15 <laughs> minutes. So let's take a, let's do a five-minute uh, call here, and then we'll get to uh, these other uh, questions in the chat that are being written in here, too, from Tammy. Okay. All right, 480, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Who are we talking to today? Thank you, Jim, and I'm very much enjoying your show. Uh, this is Casey from Arizona. Ah, welcome, and- Casey. Thank you, and I love your points of view. And I heard about Victoria being on your show through social networking, and I just wanted to call in because she truly saved my cat's life several times, Blueberry. Um, And she lived to be 20 and a half, and she shared past lives with us. She told us... I, I. the most um, thing that affected me so much when I had to put her to sleep at 20 and a half because of brain uh, tumors and so forth was that she told Victoria uh, that death isn't really going to bother me. We've been together so many past lives, and I look to get forward to future lives. And um, basically, I looked into her eyes as she left me, and I'm going to try not to get teary, but um, the main you. thing was I kept telling her that I can't wait to see you in a future life. And her eyes brightened up, even though I could tell she's on the verge of another aneurysm and seizure. And we put her to sleep just in time, which is really hard. But because she she confided so much in Victoria, she helped her live on for another year. So thank you so much. Oh, Tacey, I can't believe you're on the call. I'm so happy to hear from you. And I'm so happy to to hear your story and hear Jen's points of view, too. You mean so much, Victoria. I know. So Victoria truly saved Victoria uh, saved Blueberry's life so many times, Jim. When the vets were just perplexed, and they thought she was going to be, you know, she was going to die, and Victoria talked to her, and she told us different things that they never thought of, and that saved her life several times, didn't it, Victoria? Oh, amazing! I have had animals tell me that vet doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tacey. <laughs> You can't tell you, I can't tell you how pleased I am to hear your voice. I just love you. Oh, thank you. I love you, too, and thank you for everything that you do. You are so so welcome, and you just be good to yourself. Absolutely, and uh, thank you, Jim, for having Victoria on. Thank you. Awesome, awesome story. You must be an amazing person to catch to stay 20 years with you. That's that's got to be a lot of love there. 20 and a half, yeah. Thank you for inspiration. I want mine to stay around for 20 freaking years. (laughs) <laughs> well, well let's, let's put that thought out there. I mean, with Victoria to talk to your kitty, is that your kitty, Jim? Yeah, yeah, my little, my little, my little girl. Yeah, with Victoria <laughs> to talk now. to your little girl, I, I think there's definite hope. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, she's healthy as could be now. So this is great. But you're right. Just a little good conversation, get a little good insight in there. Definitely. Yeah, like an animal translator. It's just amazing. Right. <laughs> so Aww. thank you both. Oh, thank Casey you for calling in. My thank friend. you. Take care. Bye. All right, yes. cheers. Cute. That was a great call. Oh, I just love her. We've worked together for quite a long time. Oh, and excellent. Yeah. Connecting great, with great her call. animals, just like reconnecting with old friends. Right. It's beautiful. Right. Beautiful way. All right. I got another call. I'm going to take that next call in in just a couple of minutes. Hang on there, uh, Cat Brave 53. I want to answer Tammy's uh, Hisataki Bumgardner's question in the chat room. I'm going to read this because I know a lot of people will catch the show in the archives. We have a huge archive following, um, even more than we have a live following. So uh, I want to make sure my archive listeners know what, what's being asked. So Tammy writes, uh, this is a question for Victoria. How do, okay, where are we here? How do I, how do you, let me get let me get this in. How do you recommend I consciously increase my animal communication skills? I try sometimes to send a message like come when they are not near me and I'm not too successful. As a veterinarian, I've advised clients to tell their sick pets that it is okay for them to leave and almost always the pet responds in some way. Okay. So that's your question, Victoria. Beautiful. I yeah. I think that I'm going to address the second part first because I think it is so important 
to give our animals permission when they're really towards their end of life to let them know that when they're ready to go, you will honor that and that, you know, let them go when they're ready. Um, The first part of the question, how can you increase it? One of the things I would tell you, besides taking the class, (laughs) but there's also some wonderful books out there, but here's one of the things I will tell you that's a really effective tool. When you're communicating with an animal, it's always helpful to send a visual picture. So let us say that you have an animal uh, that has some abandonment issues, and when you leave the cat, the cat I'll just say the, the animal, has a hard time. They pine away at the door, yeah. or they perhaps there's little accidents on the floor. Let's say you go on vacation, you come home, there's always an accident. And we may assume that that's because they're angry, but it really could be because they're fearful that you're not returning. So I'm just giving this as an example, and I want to say two things. Number one, animals understand time. A lot of people don't believe that. They understand time. So you can tell them how long you're going to be gone, when you're coming back, send them an image of you coming through the door and you are so happy to see them. That's why when you're trying to train an animal, don't jump on the sofa. You're not going to be aware that your brain is sending a picture of the animal on the sofa, (laughs) but that's what they're going to get. So you have to use different ways of training. But a lot can be done by sending visuals. So let's say you want to call an animal. You can sit and practice. Sit in the same room and practice. And just tune into your animal and say, come over here. Um, Come over here. Let's go for a walk. Come over here. I'll pet you. And then send a picture of them coming to you as you do that and just practice at it. And eventually that may begin to happen. It may not happen at first. Right. Sometimes I'll go to the door and I'll go, oh, Bojo wants to come in. He's one of my cats. And there he is standing there waiting. Well, he's been telling me. A lot of times they send us messages and we think it's our idea. Does that, right. answer, does that answer your question? I, I, I think it, I think it does, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Tammy respond here. But it's interesting that you bring that up because I I was in Vegas the last couple of days and I just got back yesterday. And one of the you know the things that's tough is I go for three or four days, and when I come home, I know my cat's in mild state of trauma, even though she's totally taken care of. I've got someone that checks on her and. You know, even comes in and brushes her once or twice, but it's not me. But I do that. The very thing that she, that Victoria is talking about, guys. I actually send her an image halfway through my trip of me coming home and hugging her and holding her and telling her when I'm coming home and that I miss her. And I send a visual image, and then I, my little joke is that she's going to get a thousand kisses <laughs> to the point where she's going to scream running in the night because I will. I'll just I'll smother her with affection. I can actually pick up and carry my cat around like a baby for 10 or 15 minutes. That's what a freaking mush she is in that sense. But I trained her to be that way in that sense. Beautiful. So I give her that image that I'm gonna, daddy's going to carry her around and give her kisses and snuggle with her. And, and boom, you could just feel the relief because she the message is so conveyed. What? So powerful. And another piece I'll add to that, that works is obviously working very well for you and your kitty. But for animals with extreme abandonment issues, if you're going to be yeah. gone, you can just visualize them, drop into your heart, visualize them, feel all the love you have for them, and then just send them that love because they will feel your feelings. And you can do wow. that yeah. miles away. That's, that's, that's another good tool. I love that that's you a, do that, Jim. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a freak show, and I mean that in the most positive way <laughs> because I just I always just follow instinct of knowing this. Let me tell you what Tammy's response was in the in the chat room. I'm going to take this next caller. So Tammy writes that makes sense because I have had clients tell me that they had a heart to heart talk about an issue like like chewing, barking, destruction, etc., and it seems to help. And then she responds, "Yes, that helps a lot. Thank you for answering my question." Beautiful. Thank you so, so much. Question. Awesome. Thank you, Tammy. If you have more to say, feel free. I'm going to take this caller, um, this this very patient call, and we'll go back to Tammy's uh, other part here. Okay, Cat Bray 53. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Who are we chatting with here? Um, I have a. My name is Kathy, and I have a cat and a parrot. All right. We have a beautiful combination. I yeah. have. Cats uh-huh. and birds also. Yeah, but I don't think Princess likes Hollywood. You don't think who likes who? The cat doesn't like the bird because the cat, <laughs> the cat was here first. That could very well be. That could very well be. I'll tell you what happened in my case is that I had birds first. I had a pair of birds. And one day, year, after a number of years, these cats started showing up. <laughs> they, they like, uh, they just started showing up, and I thought, okay, well, if the universe is sending them, I, my job is to feed them. They were all homeless, you know, or maybe not. Maybe they just knew where a good meal was. But I started feeding them, and I didn't grow up with cats, but they started coming to me a few years ago. And when it was time for me to move, two of them were still with me and moved with me. My male bird and he's the one that crossed over back in March he started really getting angry that these cats were coming into the house because really he wanted it to be all about him (laughs) but what finally happened after a few years I, I probably have the only cats in the world who Never outside or inside will go after a bird. One day I was told that I didn't need to separate them, like my birds would walk around and my cats would not bother them. And, And I got that intuitively. It was very strong. And I said, are you sure? Because the consequences could be quite dire. You don't need to close the door. So I left it open. And uh, my my birds had roaming in that room, and everything was safe. So a lot of times there's jealousy. Some animals want to be the only animal. It's simply like you kind of have to have a conversation with them. Right. One of the things that you can say is that just say, you know what, Mommy has so much love. I have so much love I that I can give to you and I can give to you know the other one and but there are times where it's not going to be a good mix. Yeah. There well, just are times and there is techniques you can use. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite techniques if I could just say this for a minute uh that I've been starting to teach is tapping. Meridian tapping, are you familiar oh, yeah. with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. used to be called EFT. Right. information on the website about it. And you can tap for your animals. So if you feel like there's jealousy or animosity or bad feelings, you could start tapping for the animal with the, on yourself. You're doing a surrogate. And you say, I'm tapping for Fido. I'm just making the name up because I don't remember your animal's name. And go through the round and come up with the phrases. I'm going to share a really quick story about my first time to tap on an animal. I had a very psychic friend that said to me, that cat that you're feeding had an eye that's partially closed. And she said, you could clear that. I said, you're kidding. How would I do that? 
And she taught me EFT, it used to be called, years ago. So I, I tapped on myself with the intention of tapping for Papa. And I said two simple phrases. I said, this eye that won't open completely. And then I looked at it as a metaphor. Whatever it is that I don't want to see. I did one round of tapping. I mean, it took two to three minutes. Hmm. That eye opened and that eye stayed opened. Wow. My biggest miracle story. That's amazing. And I'm finding more and more, as I listen to teleseminars and different things, more and more animal communicators that are talking about tapping for your animals, let alone for us. I think it's one of the best stress management tools out there. Mm. I've cleared out. I used to, fortunately, not as much anymore, but I used to have more anxiety. And I could clear a round of tapping. That was when I was in the job I really hated. I could do one round of tapping and clear it out. Mm. It's a very powerful tool. And you might create a little more harmony depending on the animal's issues. Yeah. By exploring that. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that a help, Kathy? Yeah, but I wanted to know what you could tell me about Princess. Who is Princess? The cat. All right, and tell me... Uh, what princess looks like? She's white, and she has a black tail, and she has some black between her ears. And she's a female? Uh-huh. Female? Uh-huh. With the name princess? Okay. And how long have you had princess? Well, she's like 17, but we've... We've had her for about mm, maybe 12 years. Beautiful. And when did the bird come into your life? Probably about six or seven. Okay. Well, she's coming through loud and clear. And, okay, let me get, let me get her message for you. Number one, the bird is way too noisy. Does the bird make noise? Sometimes. Not not all day long. But the main issue is this. She doesn't like the competition. She wants to be the princess. It was kind of like when the, when the bird came in, she got dethroned a little bit. Because now more attention is going to the bird. Um, you know, it's that's a little piece of it. I don't. If, yeah. Does that feel accurate? Well, only because she goes upstairs a lot, and she's always done that. You know, my husband and I try to give her attention when he gives her more attention, and I give it to her when she's upstairs. Uh huh. But it's her fault because she doesn't come around downstairs if I'm sitting, like, on the couch or something. You know, I'll tell you, when we're, when we're dealing with, she's a cat, right? Right. When you're dealing with cats, I have a huge issue with one of my kitties named Sunshine. And um, he was he was abandoned. He was also pushed around by a male. He showed me all this. He ended up on the streets. He was a big Tom. I was afraid of him when I first saw him because I didn't know if he'd scratch me up and I wasn't used to cats. But his eyes pulled me in, and I just loved him. And eventually he's the one that moved into the house and came. And came he's one of the ones that came with me. But he is goes through these periods of... Did you hear that loud noise? <laughs> it's a motorcycle or something. Yeah. Over. Oh, okay. I thought motorcycle or airplane. Um, <laughs> sometimes an animal just needs more. And you, especially with a cat, they're not like dogs who just come up to you. Um, sometimes 
you have to reach out to them on their terms. Yeah, you're right. Go out of your way to pet them, to play with them. Does he get playtime? No, she doesn't want to. She wasn't. She's not much for playing. Yeah, my cats. One of my cats isn't. One of my cats is. But whenever, but, whenever I see her, I pick her up, I hug her, and and uh, she'll let me rub her until she's. And then she wants to get down. Yeah, some cats are not are not holders. I neither one of my cats likes to be held. Uh huh. Yeah. And then I didn't have so, them as kittens to train them either. But and all, and also in this case, did Kathy didn't you say that she was about seventeen? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's also kind of natural for getting a little older too. Like you might want a little more space. Mm hmm. So she might not be. You know, what I've always done, what I do with my cat is every time, like, someone brings a dog in here or I pet another dog or cat and she smells it, Mm -hmm. I always send her the message that she's the most beautiful cat in the world Mm. and that all the other animals are meaningless in comparison to her anyway. (laughs) And that seems to make her a very good girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it definitely appeases the cat consciousness, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I have to tell things at the sunshine all the time. Good. Yes. And and there there is a different way about cats definitely than birds. Yeah. I mean than Absolutely. than dogs. Definitely there's that different kind of energy that they bring in. Uh-huh. I was well, wa- I was wondering how she's feeling for 17. You know, if I would I if I were to really into that, I would like you send me a picture and okay. let me connect with her. Okay, okay. I can do that. I think that just feels like it would be more accurate and I could give you better information. All righty. Well, thank if you. you want to do that. Okay. If you want to do that. And I don't know if everybody has my website. Yeah, why don't you give that out right now anyway, too, then, uh, while we're here. But, you know, do the, let, let, let everyone know how they can contact you. So my website is www.petmessageswithans.com. The old one is still up while the new one is under construction. You can also email me. Well, my email is on the website. But um, you can email me at V for Victoria, and my last name, Glod, G-L-O-D, 77 at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy, for for calling in, and and good luck with your cat and birds. Yes, children sometimes fight interspecies (laughs) ones as well. (laughs) That's why. Thank you. Yeah, you know. You gotta take it with a grain, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, put on the boxing gloves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Gentle thank you again ones. for your call. Yes. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. All right, that was a great call. Um, let me. I want to. Tammy had one more thing she wanted to say, and then we'll. We, we've got about five more minutes here. So, uh, okay. Tammy, we were talking about Tammy's a veterinarian, and she had asked about, uh, you know, about how to make the communication. So her, her final question is, I'm going to try asking the patients what is wrong, too. Do I ask that out loud, or do you visualize a question? So I think that's what she's, she's asking. Is it, is it better to say it out loud to the animal or just visualize the question, Victoria? You know, I have done both. But I always feel when I close my eyes and telepathically connect that I'm in a more centered, grounded space to receive what they have to say. But that doesn't mean that you can't always say it out loud. But I tend to do my work silently when I'm really wanting to tune in. And, you know, I'm so happy to know that you're doing that. I've I know there are vets out there that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> my throat gets dry in this climate. I know there are vets out there that are so intuitive, and, they, and they're wanting to get that information from the animals. And when you can really hone in on that, you'll get a lot of helpful information. 
Yeah. Tammy, you know, I've known Tammy for for many years. She's an amazing vet and she, you know, not only does she have the, you know, the practical hands-on experience, but she has a lot of de- developed intuitive ability as well too, which is to me a, a really amazing combination to be working with. So So Jim, uh, I would like you if you could email me Tammy's contact information because I'm always wanting to get uh, vets for referrals. Yeah. She, she where do you not, live? Well, I mean, where do you work? What's part of the valley? Who, who or are you out Tammy? of Tammy? Tammy? Yeah, Tammy actually is in, uh, she won't mind me sharing this, but she's actually in Kentucky now. Okay, well, that won't work. <laughs> yeah, she she well, well, but you never know though, I guess in that sense, right? Uh, yeah, believe me, I I I sent people to her to right and left whenever and when they were looking for a vet, I was like, oh, this is the vet to go to. But yeah, she decided to bring her light to a different area of the country. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, an area that so could use some light. I'm about vets that are working like that and wanting to work like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It, you, you've got to, you know, again, sometimes we we have to move for, for varying different reasons in that sense. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, she's in Kentucky. She was here for many years with, with her practice as well. Um, so, yeah, so, well, like I said, again, you never know. Maybe uh, that, that connective to someone in Kentucky will show up. Uh, <laughs> so, uh all right, yeah. so we got a couple more minutes here. I want to give Victoria another chance to uh, let let everyone know how they can uh, get hold of you again, and um, you know if they want to uh, get in touch with a private session or one of your classes, and just give that information out one more time, if you would. I will be glad to. The website is www.petmessages.com. There's also um, a way to contact me by sending an email that way. My phone number is on there. I have two phone numbers on there. My email is all on there. And, again, that email is V for Victoria, last name Glod, G-L-O-D, 77, at gmail.com. Excellent. All right. Appreciate that um, that information. Uh, I'll make one more comment from Tammy in the um, in the in the chat room. She says she misses the enlightened population, though. Um, I have to laugh at that. I guess um, she's saying it, the enlightened population of, of Arizona <laughs> in comparison to Kentucky. Uh, that, I guess that could kind of go either way. Uh, Arizona is definitely a mixed bag as well, too. But I, I've been to Kentucky. It's a little it's a little different type of a breakdown energetically also in that sense uh but uh anyway i always think that there's there's good energy everywhere and then there's also difficult energy as well too in that respect uh anyway so victoria uh you know i very much appreciate uh this information i think a lot of my my listeners are going to be uh happy to to learn about that and find out how they can contact you yeah, you know, there is, um, you know, I think one of the things that Victoria is really, really pointing out is that telepathy is, is really, the, to me, ultimately the way that we communicate with animals even more so than necessarily verbally. Um, and, and I think that telepathy is the basis of all communication anyway. I agree what? with you, Jim. I agree yeah. with you. May I say one thing? I'd like you sure. to pass the message to Tammy because it is a different kind of energy in Kentucky and perhaps not the same kind of spiritual community or enlightened community. So she is there to bring more light. She she is there to share her gifts and open that up to the people who cross her path. Sometimes absolutely. that's what we do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah sometimes it's right. It exactly. Sometimes sometimes the calling isn't necessarily. I sound like such a New Yorker when it says the calling. Sometimes the calling isn't necessarily easy, and I, I from for me having moved from New York here 21 years ago, you know, some of the energy here was a little choppy, also uh, in in comparison. But uh, it, it's definitely changed dramatically over the years too. There's certainly a lot more enlightened energy added to Arizona as well too. So, Absolutely. anyway, all right, awesome. Again, thank you for being here, Victoria, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, Tammy, like one more comment. She says, "Thank you." I have to remember that that what you just said, Victoria, on the days when no one is listening. 
So that's a very, very good point. Good point she, to take. Seeds, All right. planting I, seeds. Yes, so, exactly. That's we always have to remember that. Jim, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. All right. And Excellent. I hope Great that chatting. It's delightful talking to you. Oh, I appreciate talking to you as well. Thanks for everybody for joining me today, and uh, I, I'll be back here again next week uh, for for my my show and our astrology show. So tune in next time and 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 uh, give Victoria check out Victoria's website, and we'll all catch up with you next time. Cheers. <laughs>